This is the World Industrial News for Friday, April 22nd, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part four of their podcast, Sustainability and COP26. Do you have the sense that for the businesses that are there and participating in these conversations in the innovation zone, that there's sort of more accountability that arises out of that because they've, you know, made their presence known and there's sort of a growing energy around measuring commitments to change, not just making the commitments, but following up with with data. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's almost interesting. It felt this time in its own way, like the business community is 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 playing an activist role in and of itself. That's not to say that we are replacing the very important global youth movement that that was in Glasgow and that was there to again to remind everybody of the importance of of the impact of the decisions that were being made on their future. But I would definitely say that companies are not sitting around, business is not sitting around waiting or relying entirely on what gets decided from an international perspective. Now, there are areas where, again, we really need alignment on policy. And one one of the areas that has been left undecided for a very long time from the Paris Agreement was a, a rule book aspect relating to how carbon gets traded globally across borders and, and a greater alignment on carbon pricing. Yes, we do need a framework that allows for a more even approach across countries, but businesses themselves, even, you know, major heavy industry knows that carbon pricing is coming or is already active and, and they're already adapting their entire business model to operate, you know, the, it, preparing for a lower carbon world. They're not, they're not waiting around. Um, and in fact, we as companies, again, can be progressive in the measures that we take and implement across our own operations. For example, what renewable energy, or the, the energy that we're using for our offices uh, to fund our data centers where we're developing products, where does that come from? If we do have uh, a car fleet, is it an electric car fleet? There are all sorts of ways that businesses can use our own buying power to influence things, and we are. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Kinder Morgan is cautiously exploring its options to expand its capacity to transport, store, and export natural gas and liquefied natural gas amid a global surge in demand, fueled in part by the ongoing conflict in Ukraine. The company, which already is benefiting from significantly heightened use of its existing facilities, has been hearing calls to revive long-stalled projects for natural gas pipelines and LNG export terminals. Industrial Info is tracking about $11.5 billion worth of active projects from Kinder Morgan, more than 90% of which is attributed to U.S.-based projects for LNG production and natural gas pipelines. These include a proposed pipeline from the Permian Basin to the Texas Gulf Coast, which would be the third for Kinder Morgan, and an LNG export terminal that until recently was believed to be all but canceled. 
The U.S. could surpass Australia and Qatar as the world's top liquefied natural gas exporter, according to the U.S. Energy Information Administration. Once Venture Global LNG's Calcasieu Pass LNG export facility in Louisiana is placed into full service by the end of 2022. U.S. LNG exports this year are expected to average 12.2 billion cubic feet per day, up from a then-record 9.7 billion cubic feet in 2021. Gas produced at the facility also will be transported via a pipeline that will connect with three existing gas pipelines, including those owned by TC Energy and Enbridge Incorporated. NextEra Energy may regret that it became involved with the Mountain Valley Pipeline, a natural gas pipeline under construction between West Virginia and Virginia. In the just-passed first quarter of 2022, the company said it will exit the project, which has been plagued with problems, challenges, and cost overruns since it began, hence a $653 million impairment charge for exiting the project made its way into the company's first quarter financial results. However, the company isn't letting the impairment charge hinder its plans for the power sector. NextEra is continuing one of the largest build-outs of wind, solar, and battery storage of any U.S. power company. NextEra began reevaluating its position in Mountain Valley about midway through the first quarter after the Fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals rejected a government permit allowing the pipeline to pass through the Jefferson National Forest on the way to West Virginia, Virginia border, as well as the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service's assessment of the pipeline's impact on two species of endangered fish. NextEra decided to exit the project helping bring its first quarter earnings from $1.66 billion in the first quarter 2021 to a net loss of $451 million in the corresponding quarter of 2022. Adjusted earnings, which take the impairment charge into account, were $1.45 billion in the recently passed quarter, compared with $1.33 billion in first quarter 2022. And reaction to the Biden administration's finalized changes to the National Environmental Policy Act, a bedrock U.S. environmental protection rule, was sharply split this week, with industry groups and Republicans opposing the move to reverse changes enacted by the Trump administration and Democrats and environmental groups applauding the finalization. The final NEPA regulation unveiled Tuesday by the Council on Environmental Quality, or CEQ, is the first part of the two-phase effort by the Biden administration to protect the environment. Regarding phase two, set for release in draft form later this year, environmental groups said they'd be watching carefully to ensure the issues they deem important are fully addressed. Tuesday's phase one final regulation continued a multi-year back-and-forth effort over environmental protection and bureaucratic delays for projects requiring federal government approval, such as interstate electric transmission lines, oil and gas pipelines that cross state lines, oil and gas development on public lands, highway construction, logging, and certain renewable energy projects. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck, reporting for Industrial Info News.